So I thought we had learned our lesson that your cameras during Zoom meetings are always on. But apparently not. A Canadian politician has apologized after appearing naked during a virtual video meeting saying, oh man, my camera was accidentally left on. I was changing my clothes after a jog and ah, sorry, sorry. (laughs) So one of the uh, legislators uh, said, hey, we've seen a member during a question period improperly dressed that is unclothed. So perhaps remind the members, especially the male members, that suits and ties are appropriate. Um, Yeah, that'd be a good idea. How about even remind everyone, male and or female, that uh, a good idea is if you're on a Zoom call, don't get naked. Pretty simple, really. He even, he tweeted out in uh, French and English, I made a really unfortunate mistake today and obviously I'm embarrassed by it. My camera was accidentally left on as I changed into work clothes after going for a jog. I sincerely apologize to all my colleagues in the house. It was an honest mistake and it won't happen again. Oh, okay. Well then you're forgiven. No problem. Thanks, Will, for apologizing and saying it will never happen again. This is why I told you at the beginning of the pandemic, just do a cutout of your face, hold it up in front of the camera if you're concerned about what's going on behind you, if you need to be naked, because Lord knows there are times when you're on your Zoom call and you just want to be naked, right? Welcome to Chewing the Fat. So we talked about last week here on Chewing the Fat that Rolls-Royce has had the best quarter since it was founded in 1906. Bentley's CEO said the auto brand started 2021 with 50% more orders than it started 2020 with. Uh, High-end appliance and furniture sellers like Wolf Ranges and, uh, you know, the coffee tables that are six grand a piece reported an explosion of business that led to uh, you know supply chain bottlenecks there were 660 more billionaires than there were a year ago according to the new Forbes <laughs> the Forbes list 86% of billionaires got richer over the last year making the total wealth of all billionaires in the world jump five trillion dollars according to Forbes are you doing better are you that's my question really because according to Jamie Dimon the uh, CEO of JP Morgan Chase he said consumers have two trillion dollars or more cash in their checking accounts than they did before the pandemic they claim that more Americans are getting the COVID-19 vaccines. People are booking plane trips, hitting the malls. Are they the malls? Or watching a movie in a theater again. According to this, retail sales rose 9.8% in March. All right. They claim that consumers wasted no time spending their $1,400 stimulus checks. Shoppers are spending again. Are they? Are you? 
Are you coming out of your cocoon? We're told, hey, get the vaccine, but you can't, you can't, it doesn't matter whether you get it or not. You're supposed to still stay in and social distance and wear your mask. So how is that possible? I mean, we're getting conflicting reports that times are tough and yet we get reports like this that are saying people are booming and buying and buying and buying and sales are up. Okay. I guess if that's what you say, apparently uh, retailers are saying things are going good, either at their stores or their websites. All right. If you say so, if you say so, the average monthly sold out rate was 21% for the month of March versus 11% for March for skirts, uh, you know, the apparel shops like H&M, American Eagle, Kohl's. I don't know. We'll see. We shall see. According to Macy's CEO, dress sales have picked up. So I guess people are coming out. Look, they also said that people are making plans. There was just nothing to buy stuff for aside from, you know, the comfort gear like sweatpants that you would wear when you're working out on your Peloton. Really? Because now they're telling us Peloton says, hey, um, you know, there's things that you need to be careful with really on a on a peloton yeah yeah on a peloton the u.s consumer product safety commission is warning owners of the peloton tread plus with small children or pets to stop using the treadmill after the fitness company reported a child's death last month linked to the product which is very sad but they believe that the Peloton Tread Plus poses serious risks to children for abrasions, fractures, and death. Oh, okay. So I don't know how many Pelotons there are in the country, but there are that we have 39 incidents, including one death, one death linked to the treadmill. Now they say they've received multiple reports of children becoming entrapped, pinned, and pulled under the rear roller of the product. So stop using the treadmill immediately. And if you're going to use it, um, do so in a locked room where children and pets cannot access it while in use. Oh, they, uh, they're continuing to investigate. Peloton uh, is saying, um, no, um, they, these reports are inaccurate and misleading. There's no reason to stop using the Tread Plus as long as all warnings and safety instructions are followed. Duh. Uh, how about you just watch out for your kids, okay? I, mean, I don't want to kid. I mean, I'm really sorry that some little kid, you know, got killed because they were playing with a Peloton. But that happens with any treadmill. I've told this story before. I saw my daughter. <laughs> I had to rescue my daughter from our treadmill yes this house has a treadmill um she was on the treadmill and had turned it on right and she didn't put the 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 wristband on where it pulls up so if the wristband fall pulls out it shuts the machine off she's just a little kid again you know you got to keep an eye on your kids and she turned it on and then she kept clicking it to try to shut it off but it was going the other direction to get faster <laughs> <laughs> that's not funny because had she let go she would have crashed back into the back of the room and it would have been horrible no question but 
she starts hollering and i come in the room and she's got both hands on the bars <laughs> she is running as fast as she can man on that treadmill look the look of terror on her face and you know i mean I've, of course you run over and just pick her up off of there you know as <laughs> And it's not, I'm not, it's not funny at all because something serious could have happened. But again, perhaps you watch your children. You keep an eye on your children. That's what parents are supposed to do. So, you know, I, I say be careful if you have a Peloton. Just, you know, or any kind of exercise equipment. You know what? Or any living uh, device in your home. Like, let's say, an oven, a stove, tables, chairs, stairs anything that can hurt your children keep an eye on them that's what parents are supposed to do <laughs> but anyway i digress from the peloton it just makes me um it makes me question these reports that the economy is just booming because i will say um that doesn't necessarily hold true with the people that i know but Maybe I don't know anyone that's itching to go out to Kohl's and American Eagle and buy a dress and get ready to go to the movies like we used to do. I know alcohol sales are booming. Uh, you know, shaving products are booming. So, you know, people are at least shaving and going out to get drunk. If that's turning the world around, then thumbs up. Don't forget about the trial. Still going on in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Yes, the trial of Derek Chauvin. Uh, closing arguments today, and then it goes to the jury. You heard my prediction on Friday, no more than 48 hours. No more than 48 hours. And, you know, never mind that they were threatened. Uh, they were going to just burn the streets down uh, if they don't find a guilty verdict. I mean, we had a... United States Congresswoman in the city this weekend telling people that uh, we need to stay in the streets and we need to, you know, keep it going, keep the protests going. Um, okay, we need a guilty verdict. Okay, well, that's no, that's for sure not a threat to the jury, right? Right. And don't forget, I told you, oh my gosh, Alexei Navalny, the guy that's in prison from Russia, is Putin's prime uh, enemy trying to you know kick putin out and uh you know the dissident but he's in prison right we talked about that and i told you no way he makes it out of that prison alive well this weekend we get the big story that he's on his 20th day of a hunger strike he's been moved to the prison hospital amid grave fears for his death huh strange how that is happening and the doctors have warned uh he could die any minute so that's exactly oh man you know what it was it was covid right he's just sorry it's not our fault man he shouldn't uh, you know he broke the law the judge put him in prison uh vladimir had nothing to do with it oh okay now his own doctors can't see him and he's in this uh prison this i'm sorry this penal colony uh outside east of moscow by 110 miles so he's not even in the big city it's incredible there's no way there's, vladimir could not have this guy survive 
I just can't. He tried to kill him already with the poison, and it didn't work. So he got him thrown in jail, and now he'd just be sick. And he's helping with his hunger strike, trying to bring, uh, trying to bring light onto what's happening with him. But no way. I'm sorry. I mean, I don't want to see this guy go, but there's no way he gets out of that prison alive. Just not going to happen. So be ready and be prepared to hear about his death very soon. So have you heard of a company called U.S. Private Vaults? All right, it's a private confidential alternative to bank safe deposit box rentals. It's located on Olympic Boulevard in Beverly Hills, California. It is now permanently closed. I know. I, I thought, wait, it's permanently closed? Yeah, it's permanently closed. Just completely shut down. Why would it be shut down? Well, that's a good question, isn't it? Federal agents descended on U.S. private vaults, which was in a Beverly Hills strip mall. Uh, They descended on it about two weeks ago, seized the contents of hundreds of safe deposit boxes inside the store. Armed with a warrant, the agent said the FBI and Drug Enforcement Administration pulled each of the store's several hundred boxes out of the walls, seized all the contents. It took five days to inventory everything and take it to an undisclosed warehouse. Prosecutors said drugs, weapons, and stacks of currency that drew the attention of drug-sniffing dogs were discovered. Now, to reclaim the property, people must identify themselves to federal authorities and prove that they are the rightful owners of the items. A bar that may prove challenging to clear when dealing with cash, gold, heirloom jewelry, and other undocumented items. Now, there are five box holders who are filing lawsuits. Only five. I'm sure... I'm sure that many of them may be uh, ill-gotten gains kept in them. (laughs) But one guy, a 69-year-old man who said, uh, I'm not giving you my name, but he kept uh, $60,000 and some gold and silver and a certificate title for his pickup truck. And it's just gone. Have a nice day. Well, we're closing it down and we're taking everything out of there. Just incredible guilty before proven innocent. I don't know how they can get away with this. I really don't. I know. Okay. So a drug sniffing dog said, yeah, something in one of these lockers here is got drugs on it. I mean, haven't we already done, had studies that almost all money has some kind of drugs on it. Certainly did, you know, a few years ago. Maybe not today. One guy filed a suit talking about unreasonable search and seizure. All right. A U.S. district judge said, I declined that request for an emergency order that would have blocked prosecutors from using the box's contents as evidence in the investigation. It would have also stopped the FBI from requiring box holders to identify themselves as a condition of getting their valuables back. I guess the judge left it open for the possibility that the sweeping nature of the seizures violated the box renter's rights. Yeah, you think? Uh, You think? Yeah. There was about 600 to 1,000 boxes in this store. And, you know, you think to yourself, well, 
Oh, you know, most of it could have been, you know, ill-gotten wealth. Well, so what? That's not the way it's supposed to work. Right? You don't get to just come in and seize property as the government. I guess you do, though, now, don't you? I guess you do. This cannot be legal, right? You're going to have to go to the FBI and reveal your names and subject yourself to a criminal investigation to prove that the stuff that you were keeping in this drawer is legally yours. I just, it cannot be legal. I'm sorry. I just, no. Uh, One guy uh, said he tried to file a theft report with the Beverly Hills police. (laughs) Nice try. They refused to take it. All right. There's no, uh, temporary restraining order that would have unsealed the court approved seizure warrant that's the judge had already ruled on that one of them you know look it's fourth amendment rights of their of their owners right and the court is still considering a request for a preliminary injunction and the government you know everyone is saying this is unconstitutional duh but we'll see we'll see if it is unconstitutional for this to take place, right? I know that they found stuff. They they claim that they found fentanyl, oxycotton, guns, gold bullion, stacks of $100 bills. They claim that some of these boxes contained more than a million dollars in cash. Okay, well, a federal grand jury indicted U.S. private vaults last month on three counts of conspiracy to distribute drugs, launder money, and structure cash transactions to dodge currency reporting rules. The indictment lists four unnamed people affiliated with the business as co-conspirators who have not been charged, by the way. More charges uh, could be filed at a later date. Okay, well, that doesn't give you the right to go through every one of these boxes, right? You're closing the business down, or at least you're, you know, shutting it down because of the conspiracy charges. But I still should be able to get my stuff out of there. Right? No, not right. Not according to this government. Now, according to U.S. Attorney Andrew Brown, assistant U.S. Attorney, uh, he said, we seized nests of safety deposit boxes because there was overwhelming evidence that U.S. private vaults was a criminal business. The company's promise of anonymity attracted criminals looking to safeguard cash. He did acknowledge uh, some customers were honest. You know, they're honest citizens, and they they should get their things back. But, you know, they need to come and, you know, Go ahead and prove that they're innocent. Never mind that whole reasonable expectation of privacy thing. I mean, some of the attorneys, this is going to be a great fight. And I, I, I mean, it's agonizing to me that, uh, I mean, just buy a safe. Uh, I mean, what are you doing? What are you doing? There's a thing called Liberty Safe. And you can purchase those Liberty Safes. Uh, you know, just go to libertysafe.com. And I, <laughs> I'll come on. That's, I mean, we've, I've got uh, a safe and I don't keep anything in it, illegal in it. I promise. There are plenty of attorneys that are talking about this seizure of the boxes. Egregious property owners have their own independent rights to be secure in their persons and property. The government can't come in there and say, Hey, because the business allegedly did something wrong. Those people are not entitled to the protections of the fourth amendment. So good luck. God bless because it is 
agonizing. I, I will I definitely follow this. There's so much to this story. And it's amazing that the U.S. government just came in and decided, eh, yeah, we're going to shut the company down and we're going to go ahead and confiscate all of the boxes. And yeah, if you were illegal, if you're if you're legal and your stuff is in there legally, come and and beg us and tell us you're the the illegal honest person and we'll investigate you and then we may or may not give you your stuff back. <sighs> Thank you US government. All right, let's go to the break room. Oh, yes. Ice cold rim. Okay, so a lot happened this past weekend. If you're listening live, today is the 19th of April, 2021, Monday. We had uh, Prince Philip's funeral on Saturday. (sighs) Yeah, I watched most of it. It was cute to see the family separated but together sad to see the queen sitting all by herself at a funeral and how they had everybody separated you know for covid restrictions but it was uh, you know it was a touching funeral and the church is beautiful and then you got to see them all walking back to the castle after the funeral and you know Prince william and harry were talking and i got to see they talked about uh, he and dad went for their little two-hour you know, walk afterward. And so, you know, they're breaking bread and they're, you know, they're getting back together and they're all saying, Harry, what are you doing? (laughs) What do you think you're doing? Okay. Just move back to the castle and leave her in America. But he was scheduled to fly out today to come back to, you know, Megan and Archie and the the new baby on the way she's not uh, scheduled to have the kid for a little while yet but she was not cleared to fly according to doctors uh-huh but uh, she didn't she didn't go well now they're saying ah you know harry's probably not going to come back today uh, i'd probably stick around till uh, queen elizabeth's birthday which is the 21st of april a couple days away no way he leaves uh, he stays for grandma's birthday no way he leaves because grandma's got him there saying uh, you need to stay and if you want anything to do with this family ever again uh, you're staying for my birthday and that's the way it is and then he's supposed to go back in july because they're doing the he and william are doing the unveiling of mom's statue princess diana's statue so they're working him megan better be worried a little bit because <laughs> i'm telling you they're up for a divorce and it wouldn't surprise me you know this second baby length and i told you already another chew in the fat prediction i really thought that they would be over at the end of this year but this new baby threw a wrinkle into the into the fire so uh you know it's gonna have to wait a little bit because we've got the new baby but that's that couple is not for this world very long and uh, as a married couple i mean don't don't take that any other way then we had the jake paul fight which was just sad. First round TKO with against Ben Askren. At least he looked like Ben might hold out for a little bit longer. It's kind of sad. It almost felt like, you know, the fix was in. Because, uh, you know, all pay-per-view. Hang out for the fight. Didn't start for two or three hours. Had to go through some undercards and some 
and some music and then they finally got to there and it doesn't even last for a round and he knocks him down and then he gets up and it looks like okay well i got a knockdown we'll still get a little bit of fight in and the ref calls it off come on now come on now this is a big fight pay-per-view let that guy fight what are you doing get him in the ring he's there let's fight but they called it so jake paul wins another fight and he's technically three and oh okay if you say so he's three and oh i gotcha has he boxed anybody of any of any merit I mean, this guy, Ben Askren, was probably the highest of merit. I, you know, he beat the basketball guy. He's okay. He's 3-0. But everybody was having fun with uh, fun with it. And, you know, Snoop was there, of course, announcing. And, you know, eh, he loses his luster to me. It loses his luster. But, you know, everybody loves Snoop, so let him go. And, you know, I know he and Dana White had a big... F- bet over the fight and you know snoop was that Dana White, where my money where my money so again it just snoop loses his luster with me but uh it'll be you know it'll be worth they'll make a big video to do of of dana paying off snoop and or won't be and they'll fight over who's getting the money it wasn't a real bet that kind of thing if it was a real bet we'll see what kind of social media world event it becomes with the Dana White Snoop Dogg payoff of the Jake Paul fight keeps everybody in the news and everybody's promo and everybody's happy right right that's right that's exactly right so a couple big things uh you know this weekend and uh, of course we had uh you know the new Fear the Walking Dead episode which you know the new Talking Walking Dead dropped uh, today. If you're a subscriber to Chewing the Fat, you saw that drop as well. If you don't like it, don't listen. That's a good. This is a good rule of thumb. Don't like it, don't listen. But, you know, it's worth a listen with Jason Buttrell and my son Maximus. We do a little Talking Walking Dead, Fear the Walking Dead edition. And then, uh, you know, if you're listening to this right now and you're not a subscriber, uh, you need to change your life around. Uh, turn it around just a little bit and become a subscriber. You can subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on now, or you can, you know, find a platform that warms the little cockles of your heart more than the one you're listening on and subscribe there. Okay. Okay. Good. You know, I saw another story this weekend that I thought, Oh, how many times, how many times have we talked about this? A snorkeler in the Florida Keys found 70 pounds of cocaine floating in a bag off the coast. How do we know about it? You ask, well, he turned it in. Of course he did. A large black bundle wrapped in tape floating in the water. And he calls the sheriff's office who then notified the U S border patrol. They found about 25 bricks in this bag weighing 68 pounds now they valued the drugs at more than 1.5 million so i mean uh, you turn that around even if you get 50 bucks anything what are you doing i mean obviously you're gonna sell it for more than 50 bucks but okay so you put i mean why why do you turn it in even if you just keep it for yourself right right that's what i thought now one woman in florida as long as we're hanging out in florida she may have kept a bag uh, that she found in the water floating because 
she released footage that she believes is a baby dinosaur scampering through her backyard she caught the prehistoric sighting on video so you can see it uh i watched the video pretty convincing though really you can't figure out any other kind of animal it would be and the lady says you know her disclaimer is maybe i've watched jurassic park too many times but i see a raptor or other small dinosaur now you look at the video and it captures some sort of creature that appears to have that elongated body and the reptilian like thick tail dashing through the yard so it's got to be a baby dinosaur right some say it's a large bird i don't know uh i i don't know i think it's a raptor i don't know i don't know i'm just saying that now dinosaurs are back in florida of course they have the gators but that didn't look like a gator that looked like a that looked like a raptor and we know now that there were at least two and a half billion t-rexes on the planet now they claim <laughs> they claim that though that's ever existed on the planet there were 2.5 billion they figure that there's 20,000 adults alive at any one time t-rexes on the planet so we've found i think we have 40 t-rex individual fossils that have found uh since uh it was first described in 1905 so they don't know you know it's got you know huge teeth you know it's the t-rex we all know what what a t-rex looks like at least what we think a t-rex looks like and we figure that it was uh you know the population 2.4 million years ago (laughs) so there's 20,000 of those bad boys roaming around that would not be where you'd want to be walking through Uh, maybe it's just me but I would say you know that's the T-Rex area no but now in Florida they're back and this time they're pissed you know who else is pissed ah Jeff Bezos I know it's tough to feel sorry for him for the guy. I mean, it's only worth, you know, 170, 180 billion. But uh, remember back in February, they lost the Pentagon contract that they were looking to get. And then they just lost the NASA deal to SpaceX. They didn't lose the original deal. The Pentagon deal wasn't to SpaceX, though. They lost that to, I think, Northrop maybe it was another company I'm trying to remember but I just remember that they had lost out on the Pentagon deal and then because that's when they were saying hey you know we're going to push back the launch then hey, we didn't get that deal so we probably aren't going to do our first launch till sometime in 2022 I do remember that but now they lost out the deal with NASA for the moon lander so SpaceX beats them at that so man jeff has got to be unhappy we'll just use that word he's got to be unhappy now i know that blue origin is supposed to be you know we're working on space tourism yeah so is uh homeboy branson Uh, yeah that's what the friends call him that homeboy branson and uh i mean he's already doing it right he's he's already got the planes he's got the test flights is already happening so man jeff better pick up the pace with blue origin 
And speaking of space, we got uh, the helicopter flying on Mars. We saw a video of a helicopter flying on Mars. And the Ingenuity drone was airborne for you know less than a minute. But NASA was still celebrating because it was the first powered controlled flight by an aircraft on another world. So it's kind of cool. And they run down the checklist from uh, from NASA. Ingenuity's reporting having performed spin-up, takeoff, climb, hover, descent, landing, touchdown, and spin down. Yay! Yay! Actually is really cool the rotorcraft was carried to mars don't forget uh on the nasa perseverance rover which touched down uh, last month no touched down in february at the uh, jazeera crater so we got stuff going on in uh, on mars and it's uh, kind of cool to see Did you see where Phelan Mackler, we've talked to him here on the show a couple of times. He's putting together the My Son Hunter movie.com uh, crowdsourcing film. But he's been shooting these videos where he goes and confronts Hunter Biden. And he lives not far from Hunter in Venice, California, Venice Beach. And uh, so he's gone to the front door and knocked, uh, you know, rang the doorbell and tried to talk to him and got him to answer the the uh, intercom. And then uh, the Secret Service came and told him, "You can." The Secret Service guy told him in that video, "You can stand here as long as you want. Just don't keep pushing the button." <laughs> he's just trying to ask him questions. So he then goes into there's a canal that uh, goes past Hunter's place. So he takes. <laughs> <laughs> he takes his little kayak and uh you know rows it alongside a hunter's house and starts talking to him through a megaphone and has these giant posters made up of questions this your signature on the on the gun application and he starts asking about emails it's really funny and, uh, you know, you see Hunter come to the window and then pull the blinds and walk away. Just kind of, you know, funny. But what isn't funny is uh, Hunter's book sales. They are uh, way down, right? I mean, the first week he only sold about 10,000 copies. And, uh, you know, I guess he was number four on the New York Times bestseller seller list as they combined the print and ebook together. But, uh, whew, I mean, way down. Number 12 on the list. Number 12. Number 12. And he still only sold 10,000. That tells you where book sales are in today's world. But still, number 12 for Hunter Biden's book. So I'm going to reach out to him. He uh, He's trying. He's got to sell some books. He needs to talk to me here on Chewing the Fat. We need to help him sell some books. I, I'm starting to feel sorry for him. I've got some, you know some questions for him i know that he never felt more alone after bo died i mean that's i get it man you're not bo and you never have been and you never will be got it i'm sure he gets that but there's plenty of uh you know he talked about he's been asked a couple times he was the one interview he said uh, when asked about the laptop 
you don't need the laptop. Uh, You've got a book, the book. It's all in the book. Is it? Is it, Hunter? And and he was on another podcast uh, from the Daily Beast about his book and he was asked about it his involvement and she you know he just danced around the whole thing and he didn't it didn't ring any bells uh and he's I, he said i literally again that's his line i don't know i don't know oh well you certainly knew enough to run a you know a, be on the board of a huge company but uh, i know those were during the times when you were you know forgetting to put your pants on because of the math and the crack addiction. I, you know, talk to me, Hunter, here on Chewing the Fat. I'm here for you, babe. Uh, we'll sell some books for you. We'll get this thing going. I'm, I'm definitely going to reach out. There's probably a slight chance of <laughs> him replying with small case letters, no, or large capital letters, no. But I don't, the, the chances of him saying, sure, let's do this, are slim to none but i'm still reaching out because i'm i want to help him try to sell some books so hunter come on chewing the fat you and i buddy we'll sit down and we'll have a little little tit chat okay i promise it'll be i'll be fair i'll be fair i would love to talk to you about the, your drug use love to and if i get i don't remember yeah i don't know that i buy it i don't know that i buy because you know there are a lot of stories in my past that i don't remember but they're still there so i'm here for you hunter no problem and i know you're living out in california you know way back in february i had the stories of or there was a story about kroger the grocery chain closing stores right they were conveniently closing stores in cities that passed hazard pay ordinances well now this past weekend (laughs) (laughs) we get a story where they're closing five more stores and that's just the way i mean they are people are not happy and i feel really bad for the employees but these areas these small these cities in southern california the cities have approved ordinances requiring retailers to pay a hero pay oh Okay. Well, Kroger closed two stores in Long Beach on Saturday, a Ralph's and a Food for Less in Long Beach, California. It said, uh, and it's the largest supermarket chain in the U.S. now with 2,800 stores in 35 states. Yeah, um, they the city mandated $4 hero pay increase was to blame for the store closing. They're not denying it. As a result of the city of Long Beach's decision to pass an ordinance mandating extra pay for grocery workers, we've made the difficult decision to permanently close long struggling store locations in Long Beach. This misguided action by the Long Beach City Council oversteps the traditional bargaining process and applies to some, but not all, grocery workers in the city. Wow. So these cities, sure, you can tell mandate all you want. These companies are going to have to pay all this, but they can't afford it. So I think it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to these people that are mandating. And I love the California Grocers Association attempted to stop the pay increase, but was denied by a federal judge. U.S. District Judge Otis D. Wright II 
concluded that the California Grocers Association utterly fails to address why the ordinance is not an appropriate means for fairly compensating grocery workers for the hazards they encounter as essential workers. Well, they decide if they want to work at this particular establishment and this is your pay for this particular job. Now, you can decide not to work there or to work there, but it should be up to the employee. But, you know, the union leaders are still pissed. They're saying punishing the workers and the communities. Well, no, the, let's turn that around and say that the communities are punishing the grocery stores. I am confused at why that's, we're supposed to be looking at it the other way. Is that just me? Okay. All right. Well, maybe it is. Maybe it is. Hey, we got all kinds of stuff. This is uh, related to the, you know, COVID-19 because this is, you know, hero pay for people that are, that are out there. We know now that dogs can sniff out positive coronavirus samples with a 96% accuracy. Research carried out by professionals from the University of Pennsylvania School of Veterinary Medicine's Working Dog Center. Man, do I love that particular building at the University of Pennsylvania. If you just go up here and get to the and then get to that road and make a left, you'll come right up on the universe, on the School of Veterinary Medicine's Working Dog Center. They found that dogs can be trained to identify saliva and urine samples of patients who tested positive for COVID nineteen. Study was published on the Public Library of Science's website after having been peer-reviewed. And, you know, I, I never read anything on the Public Library of Science's website until it's been peer-reviewed. A unique, a unique order associated with the SARS-CoV-2 infection present in human urine as well as saliva provides uh, impetus for development of odor-based screening, either by electronic, chemical, or biological sensing methods. All right. I mean, I guess, uh, why are we concerned about training these dogs? Let's train them. Let's do it. Let's get it going. Right? Right. <laughs> I mean, look, we all, we found out also that half, half of us adults have received at least one COVID shot. So, I mean, that's huge. More than 129 people, ages 18 and older, have received at least one shot. That's 50% of the total adult population. That's huge. More than 83 million adults, that's uh, or 32.5% of the total adult population, are fully vaccinated with one of the three vaccines approved in the U.S. That is fantastic. So we are getting close to herd immunity, and yet we're told that we still need to be on lockdown. I mean, that was the whole point of getting the vaccine. And Johnson and Johnson is going to come back, uh, come back strong. They're going to get the go ahead to, you know, come off being on pause sometime this week. And, you know, I heard something interesting about the Johnson and Johnson and the, probably the true with the AstraZeneca and the blood clots. One doc, and this is just, I, I just heard this, is I have no medical training. I want to be clear so that the world doesn't cancel me over one little story. 
but I understand that it's the way that you it gets shot in your system because if it goes into your bloodstream, then it has the opportunity to cause blood clots, but it's supposed to not go into your bloodstream. So the people that are giving you the shot are giving it to people the giving it to you wrong. So if they're giving you the reason why it happens in, you know, little small clusters is because the same person is probably giving the shot and they're doing it wrong. They're giving it, you're supposed to be put it in your arm and then it's, I guess you pull it back a little bit. And if blood shows, you need to pull it out and do it again. You don't want the blood to show. You don't want it to get into the bloodstream. You want it into your, into the muscles. Is it true? I don't know. I mean, it sounds good, right? It sounded good to me. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, hey, that makes sense. That's absolutely, let's do that. <laughs> so, you know, here's your deal. Talk to the, talk, talk to your physician. That's all I'm saying. Talk to your own personal physician. That's how it's supposed to work. I know. I know. There's all kinds of other headlines under the COVID-19 I mean, Dr. Fauci uh, admitted that uh, considering personal freedoms over COVID restrictions is very frustrating. Is it, Doc? Is it? Because the way this country is supposed to work is that personal freedoms come first. But what do I know? Uh, Fauci also told us that gun violence is a public health issue. Oh, all right. All right. But we, speaking of public health issue, we did find out that the guy in Indianapolis, horrible, young man uh killed you know eight people and injured a few others uh in his shooting rampage on friday or thursday night uh late thursday night early friday morning he they tried i read an article where he was a big uh, my little pony fan and as a brony and they tried to make that in this article that that was a right wing fascist kind of thing of being a brony Okay. All right. If you say so, you got me. No problem. Uh, DeSantis, uh, Governor DeSantis from the great state of Florida, uh, criticizes the vaccine messaging. If you get a vaccine, you're immune and so act immune. Well, that's the whole point, right? I mean, that's the deal. We were supposed to feel like we're going to get the vaccine, then we can go back to what is normal. <laughs> no, 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 my friends. No, that, that cannot happen yet. I mean, Michigan said on one hand, they're not going to close down again because of uh you know some of the lawsuits that they've been handling but they're already in the state of emergencies coronavirus restrictions that they want to have be permanent the governor is blaming florida for her state's pandemic surge uh, you know one of i guess one of her top aides just visited there or something and you know they're saying that uh, you know people are coming back to michigan from florida so the pandemic is surging in michigan oh uh, okay all right, so damn you people for leaving the state and damn you people for coming back to the state and wherever you went, it's their fault that the that the virus is surging in our state. Okay, you got it, no problem. And I know Michigan now is requiring masks for two-year-olds. Are you kidding me? What? A kid? No, I'm sorry, no. And Oregon is considering making the mask mandate permanent. You saw that coming. That may happen in more than one state. They're just going to make that permanent, which is agonizing. Uh, 
And then one story this weekend got me, I got me all sidetracked because I'm seeing where Ontario had started their um, big restrictions. I mean, they enacted these related restrictions that were really, really restrictive. And even the law enforcement agencies were like, man, we're not going to do that. Uh, they, they, <laughs> it was amazing. The restrictions were going to ban residents from gathering with people outside of their household, prohibit most outdoor activities, limiting outdoor gatherings, unless you were from the same household, playgrounds were made off limits, restaurants and gyms remained closed, school children will continue to receive their education via distance learning, social distancing, face masks still required, and so they had a big press conference with Doug Ford, the Doug Ford is the Ontario premier. And I thought, is that the guy that was the big crack addict? Cause remember the Toronto in Toronto, I think it was Toronto. The mayor was, you know, caught smoking crack and he had the hookers, but that's not, that's Rob. That was Rob Ford. I looked it up. Um, uh, it was not, uh, it's not this particular Ford. I know very, it's not Doug Ford. It was Rob Ford. However, they're brothers and they look a lot alike. And so I can well understand, you know, how I got confused. I, I'll apologize to him. Okay, I get it. Mr. Ford, it's not you. It was your brother that was the crack addict and out with hookers as he was a an official in, in Toronto, not the, you know, premier of Ontario. So, you know, I'm not saying that you are like your brother. I'm just saying that you reminded me of your brother. So, I mean, there's no way that you could be implementing all of this, all of these lockdowns in, in Ontario and be part of a going out with hookers and drug dealers at the same time. That's just impossible to even think something like that could happen. (laughs) 